you know, and I hear some of the, I'll call them old school loan officers. Oh, we've always needed to reinvent ourselves. No, you don't. No. If you just keep up with the same tools and the same, and don't stop, you're going to be just as good now as you were 10 yeah. years ago. Now you might have your, your opportunity might have opened up or maybe loan products have opened up, you know, over the last 10 years, a lot has opened up because of the financial crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's things to always learn. Um, but you can always find ways to get better. But I haven't had to reinvent myself because I've never let myself go, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. I am Brian Lovell, again with my co-host here, Mr. John Jones. And we have another segment in our top producer series this week with Mr. Justin Kelly. Justin, tell us a little bit about uh, your business and your overall team. All right, so we have uh, approximately 12 team members. Wow. Um, I'm the you know lead branch manager. Um, we have four different offices. So we have um, three, well actually five, three here locally, one in another city in, in Florida, and then one in Boston, Massachusetts. Right, so cool. Representing the Northeast, you, I like you know, it. Got, got to find it where it is. Good That's old right. Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, where you're from, right? Yeah. Born and raised. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us, you know, so now you've got the five locations. Um, you've had a phenomenal year. You've closed $160 million as a team. Mm-hmm. How did you start in the business, you know, from day one? What made you decide to get in the mortgage business? And I might know... <laughs> The, the actual reason, but go ahead. You can tell your story. I know you want to hear. You want to hear this story because <laughs> we it need to hear this because this is an ama- This truly is an amazing uh, success story. Yeah. So uh, I was in college, um, you know, working three jobs, going to college full time, and uh, the relationship I had, you know, the, the girlfriend I had at the time, uh, her family owned a real estate company. So hey, can you know what can I do? Side jobs? Oh, you can mow lawns for the offices they had at the time. Okay, cool. So one day, I don't know, it's summer, sweating, probably 100 degrees out in Florida, you know, and uh, I go in to get some water and it happened to be in the office. John was a mortgage lender in, and uh, I said, hey man, I'm sweating. You got a bottle of water. Looks like you're gonna pass out, man. You need something to drink? <laughs> I'm dying, man. I'm cutting grass here, making eight bucks an hour. But um, so I, I always told myself I wanted to go through college because I'd be the first immediate family member to do that. And then uh, just anything I ever did, I wanted to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't know what it would be because you a lot of people go through college and you're like, what do I actually want to do? Sure. Did a business major that doesn't really direct you too much into one direction. Um, and then I started, um, I knew Laura Lynn through right. our relationships, who you worked for. Yep. And uh, asked her, you know, what would it take to, to do that? You know, wh- how do you get into it? What made you want to do it? Um, I knew she was successful and she made a decent living and that was very important. And she was working in the AC. And she, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> in Florida, which, which definitely helps. Right, right. So my, my dad was construction, breaking his back and, you know, you know, and so I wanted to do something that was inside in the AC, you know, and wanted to do something with my mind more than uh, physical labor. Okay. And then, um, so uh, Laura Lynn gave me an opportunity, said, hey, I kind of need a marketing person. You used to do flyers on an old publisher. You would have publisher wow. on your screen, not two screens. You only had one screen, one yeah. little laptop yeah. or maybe a little desktop. You had Excel, you had uh, publisher, and you were doing all these things. It took me three hours to do one flyer. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, we've come a long way with marketing. So, uh, yeah. So, so from there, I just started learning the business and um, always asked questions, always just looked. I always asked you questions right. when you were around, asked Laura Lynn and, and all the people around us at the time, and just always picked your guys' brain. 
right. know, what do you do? How did you do it? What does this yeah. mean? What is an arm? I asked, I remember asking, what in the world is an arm and what do you do? <laughs> it's not this thing. <laughs> what is an, what is a margin? I have no idea. So, uh, so yeah, oh, so it's good. So how long have you been in the business, Justin? So 15 years and counting. So 2000, August, 2006. So wow. come, well, coming up on 15 okay. years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you weren't, you didn't always have a team, you know, no. for a period of time, you were just a single LO. What, where was your mindset? Like what made you decide or what inspired you to be like, Hey, I want to take this thing to a different level. Cause you had been in the business, I'm assuming for a number of years before you decided to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, maturity. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were having this conversation a few weeks ago. <laughs> gotcha. yeah. So I, I was always good at it. And, um, in, in my early, so I got into the business when I was 22. So it's like, Oh shoot, you know, and, and maturity comes with it. So at first I was good at it. I knew what to do, but I kind of had fun. You know, I wanted mm -hmm. to go travel and do all these things with my buddies and, and whatever. And then I always told myself, when I got married, that would be my switch of, hey, I need to be mature. You need to, you know, grow up, my, time to grow up, time right? to grow up, yeah. time to take care of my family, you know, things like that. And ever since then is when it is pretty much skyrocketed from there. Yeah, so can, maturity is a big part, at yeah. least for me, but I think for a lot of people yeah. some way. Yep. So I'm sure what a lot of people want to know, uh, two things, and we'll, we need to focus on one at a time, but one, you know, we shared you did 160 million so far this year as a, as a team, as a branch location. Um, what, what was your individual, your personal production? Yeah, so it was about uh, 250 units for 68 million. Wow, so how does one close 20 loans a month? That's just your production. Right, right. So what's the secret? See, focus, so um, you know, again, it goes back to success and wanting to make money and I will do whatever it takes to get there. Um, there's sacrifices, so when you know this year has been a little unique market's been great mortgage rates are great um but i knew it was an opportunity that i didn't know how long it would last and i just was focused hitting the calls hitting the text messages anything i can do to drum up business hey who do you know hey do you, you know and just start asking who and then it just and then once you do a few loans and it was like oh this guy's got great rates you know do this do yeah. that and and then it just compounded. From you there. definitely jumped on the <clears throat> refi boom. Yes. You, yes. Was, you, right. Right in April, I saw that your pipeline just blew up, and uh, and mm -hmm. you did a great job reaching out to past clients and friends and re, you know yeah. anybody that really could save money. I which, told my I told my wife I'm going to work a lot of hours. I don't know how long this is going to last, right. but you may not see me right yeah. for, yeah. for much right now. Yeah. And, and we have a very young baby, so yeah. you know that there's there's a lot of trade offs there, but. Um, I knew that there was money to be made and I didn't want to lose the opportunity. I just didn't want to sit back and just take for what's coming to me. I wanted to go out and get it and be proactive. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, sometimes in our business, if you blink, it goes away. Right? It does, you, ne yeah. you never know how long the rates are gonna to continue to stay low, so you capitalized and, and rode that wave. Right, yeah. right. So I think there's two sides of that coin. One is how did you physically do it? And then the second one is like, where did that business come from? Because how much of your business is purchased? Um, it, it, typically on a normal year, it's, it's about 95%. Like it's not much yeah. refinance, you know, this year it's probably been about maybe 50, 50, or maybe even 60 refi, 40 purchase, yeah. and yeah, especially in, beginning of the year. I think in the market that we've had here in 2020, that's normal. Mm -hmm. But I mean, still do the math. If you were closing on average 20 loans a month and it's 50, 50, you're still closing 10 purchase transactions a month. That alone is, is pretty good for individual production. 
How have you built that business over the years to have the type of volume that you have right now, specifically on that purchase business? Sure. So I never stop <clears throat> on the right activities. And there's only really a few mm -hmm. that you should really not stop all the time. So it's I'm not going out there and, oh, what's the next best big idea? What's this technology thing going to do? No, I call my call my, my sphere of realtors and my, and my referral partners. Um, you know, I stay in touch with them. I text them. Um, I always stay calm, which I find a lot of people like. And then I'm just very quick to know my answers. I don't, you know, chit chat with the clients or talk about my personal. I really just get to the point, figure out, you know, I'm always looking for their goals and I ask the right questions. And we talked about this too. Um, if you ask the right questions, you can uncover a lot that actually might help you in a situation or save a deal or fix a deal, whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, I do, you know, you talk about doing it and um, how do you do it physically? You just, you work a lot of hours, you put the apps together, but once you get into a flow and you figure it out, I think that's really helped me. And then we figure out how does that flow work all the way through the process. So it starts with me, but I'm not doing all the paperwork or I'm not doing all the collecting. So a loan officer by themselves are like, how do you do it? Well, it's not just me, it's the team that does it. The team is collecting a lot of the documents. The team is getting it disclosed and the team is putting it into processing. I've just been the main man to put the numbers together and, and quickly figure out how to get them qualified. Yeah, so for the most part, Justin, a referral comes in, you take the initial 1003, which old school. Yeah, my handwritten. handwritten. I know, <laughs> I get made fun of, yes, yes. Handwritten 1003, and so somebody actually, else if inputs it for you from um, the handwritten or sometimes you, okay. so sometimes yeah if, okay. if i need help so if you need help somebody else inputs it and then you go over like the product and the pricing with a borrower and then do you ever see the loan again the ideal goal is is no and i would say the majority of the time is no you know there are times where i might need to dive back in maybe something really came up unforeseen and you got to sure. kind of fix it I would say 80% of the time, these things are going all the way from start to finish without me really diving too much into it, which is the ideal goal. Yeah. Um, I think processes, and I always figure out how can I be more efficient? So we have a lot of email templates, you know, to where mm -hmm. my email might be this long, but yeah. really I just change the name, a couple of things, and then boom, I'm done. Yeah, copy and paste or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then things that we communicate to the team is efficient and we're just filling out some things and getting it over to yeah. them. I think that's a great tip the uh, if you miss that the having the email templates because you're not writing the same thing over and over again and to that matter you don't have to be the one sending it either true right somebody else yeah. can be sending it off the template that you've already written that's a that's that's great so th there's a lot of different things you can do and so i started with just myself and then we added one team member and it's like okay that's <clears> a big jump and then from there i've i've found it very easy to where now we're 12 people i think it's even easier to kind of figure out and leverage out more so of the 12 people what's the what's the mix of the team transaction coordinators versus los so there's um four transaction coordinators and okay. then there's about eight los um everybody's in different experiences too or you know so some have been in the business for 30 years and mm -hmm. know a lot um, there's three people I brought on board this year because I was finding that I was losing opportunities at refis just because I couldn't get to the people. I, there is, again, only so much of me. Yeah, correct. So imagine training three people in this environment, and really four because we got somebody in Boston. I'm training four people in the environment doing all that business and finding ways to train them. But the benefit was they gained me millions of dollars in business because 
they were simple deals. They were conventional deals. It wasn't your hardcore, yeah. you know, and boom, let them do it and take it to closing. Yeah. I think that's a solid strategy. You know, you said you've been in the business for 16 years. Um, I would imagine you do a pretty decent job at keeping a database yeah. of your past clients. And so in a season like we're in right now, that database is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and like you said, you don't have a database, you know, this big and wide, you, you can't personally get to yourself. So having somebody that's almost like a refi specialist mm -hmm. go after that business for you, they're learning the business. And when you have to shift your business, you know, when the refis do start to slow down, you've equipped them to be able to help you do that. So, so take this for example, and this kind of puts it all into perspective. So they were kind of refis specialists and now they're working on purchase, which is a lot more to the pieces to the puzzle. When they first came aboard, I focused them on, there's a certain email that we have clients fill out. We don't take a full application. There's just these questions and I can work up any number you need to see if you want to refinance. See if it makes sense, yep. Yep, they send out the email, client responds, they work it up. I might review it and take two minutes and then I say, yeah, send it out or do this and that. Then they, the client says, yeah, move forward because obviously it's very easy to make a decision right now and boom, they get it moving forward. So I barely touched that, but yet they were touching on my database. So then they were quick to do that the last couple of months, and now we've kind of seen a little slowdown, and it's probably because of the holidays and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Go, I'm telling them to go back to those lists. There's hundreds of people in hundreds each of their, and hundreds, and yeah. I'm like, not all those people did it. Some of them wanted to wait. Some of them haven't responded, and we're still finding people trickle. Yep. Um, I've also told them to hold those aside. If 2021 might bring even better rates, we don't know a lot of uncertainty, but if it does that database is already sitting there ready to be called on again Smart, because yeah. people will refi again. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, and good. I mean, I think in our business that it takes people one, two, maybe three times before it clicks and they have the time to actually, you know, respond to a call or an email from you. And they know they should have maybe three months earlier, but now it makes sense. We're coming out of the holiday. People are like, maybe I need to, you know, consolidate debt, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and save some money on the mortgage. The, so. the other big piece is uh, pools. You know, in COVID times, nobody could do anything. Pools so, are a yeah, big we, thing. Now, now, hey, we need a pool in that, right? Yeah. So how can you get a pool? You know, cash out <clears throat> refi or rehab loan or something. Right. Um, so that was big. Um, and or, you know, I've been training a lot on investing in real estate. So if you take some of this equity, you can actually multiply and build your wealth through investment properties too. Yep. Smart. Yep. Talk about the marketing, your database, I mean, and, and, and how you've leveraged the, you've, the marketing department that you work with and how they've helped you stay in touch uh, in front of people, sure. as clients. So, um, you know, they, they put together a lot of flyers, um, you know, like right now I'm um, making sure that they send out every week, uh, right before every weekend that I'm available over the weekend. May not be me, That's might smart. be a team member, right? Um, and so that goes out every Friday. Um, we're also, if there's anything unique that I see, I'll ask the marketing department to put it together and then, hey, send it out. Um, one of them that I, I, I'm trying to put together is about rates and the difference in what your rate could have been two years ago versus what it would be now even though the market is going up, you're still probably saving a lot more because of the lower interest rate over 30 years. That difference is more than what you would pay in the difference of a higher price of a house. So you're talking about how the lower rates versus appreciation Yep. You can oh. essentially <clears throat> still have that larger home for the same price. Right, or or, or still cheaper if you were to keep <clears throat> it. So let's say it goes up $40,000, okay? And I mean, you know, but if you were able to save $60,000 in an interest rate, 
then you've actually gained twenty thousand dollars, even though you've paid more for the house than what you would have a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, so you got to look at those numbers, and that's a, another way. You know, just going back to refinance, but you could do it in purchase. If you look at the financing charges you would have saved, um, that can help. I'm, I'm sure you've won several deals by just shortening the term. <clears throat> shortening the term, and I said, hey, why don't you just go to a 20 year, you're keeping the payment the same, but you just saved X amount of thousands of dollars in interest. Right. Like, well, sign me up, yep. I'm in, you yeah. know, so, okay. Smart. Yeah. So yeah. looking at the numbers, it, it, I think it helps them share a story. Um, and it helps them make a decision because people say, oh yeah, the interest rate is only that much lower. That doesn't mean a difference. Oh, well, if I said you actually are gonna save $30,000, yeah. would, would that intrigue you a little bit more? Probably. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I, I think there, you know, there's a segment of us out there that are only looking at it from a rate and term perspective. Um, but when you get into like what John just brought up, hey, I'm gonna move from my 30 year to a 20 year. Like if you just financed a home two or three years ago, that could be a really great option for you. And to your point, your payment mm -hmm. could be the same or maybe even a little bit less, but you just cut like seven or eight years off of your mortgage. You know, that's that's quite a bit of savings, you know? Or, you know, I think the other thing is um, early in the refi boom, I don't know that we were all looking at cash out the way that you're, you know, going about it too, um, to, invest in real estate to buy a home you know i think john save for college i mean point, there's multiple things yeah, that, to, mm -hmm. you know to your point uh, pay off some debt i mean we just came out of the holidays you know some people may have incurred some debt from you know some christmas presents <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's plenty of opportunities you know out there kids daddy santa <laughs> <laughs> the, you know the the other thing too is um you know, when you when you talk to clients, you're you're being you're you're not just you know back in the day you're just loan officer. Here's a mortgage, blah blah blah. Now you know again that's where you take the extra step is becoming more of a financial advisor. And it's it's I understand a lot of the different tools. I understand a lot of the CPA side of the world. Um, I understand the investment property side of the world. Um, and then when you talk to them, if you talk to them more in a financial hoping way, I think it helps. So, like you're talking about paying off debt, a lot of times that might make a lot of sense. Um, to roll it into an interest rate of two and a half percent versus them paying five, six, seven percent on whatever. Well, shoot, know, a credit card. Debt, credit cards, 22. 19 point yeah. nine to 29 yeah. Yeah, yeah, credit cards are the death of no bueno for the credit cards. Yeah, yeah. it's and and for many people, you know, they 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 have great intent to get out of that debt, but they're just they're unable to based on the you know a salary job and it's, the income they have. It's like the a hamster wheel. Yeah, you know, it's like a or hamster COVID wheel. hits and your your hourly wages get you know knocked down Not half to, until things yeah. recover. Mm -hmm. Justin, how in, in the market that we're in right now, and I love how you've shared like, hey, I, I put my chips into this opportunity, and that's great. But how do you maintain your core business, which is purchase, during this time as well? Yeah, so we're. Um, so we talk about flyers and so a lot of this kind of merges together so every time we get a flyer that might be a great product or an update loan amounts increases you know the maximum mm -hmm. loan amounts we'll we'll share that and text that to clients and because a lot of people maybe they're too busy to pick up the phone but they're okay to look at a text and say oh Jason, justin shared this mm -hmm. with me whatever um every time i talk to them we've been asking realtors hey can we call your past clients but we also ask hey how are you doing kind of thing mm -hmm. um and we ask about the, how the holidays went, you know, different things, and you just chit chat for a quick minute. It's we have a very big database of referral partners, so I don't get to talk to every single one all sure. the time. But between our marketing, always sending out flyers of different updates and different things, that's one way. Mm -hmm. Another way is text messages, and I'll and I have a um, a follow up system that 
every every month or every two months, I try to do something to stay in touch with them. Is it a phone call? Is it a text? Maybe marketing, send an email, and I check that off for that month or whatever. Yeah. Um, so you, you find your different so, ways. So you have some sort of system in place with your referral partner database to make sure you're touching them at different intervals. Yeah, and, and what I've talked to them about. Or if they refer me somebody, I'll go in and make the notes, hey, they referred so-and-so, and maybe I chatted with them, and then boom, there's my touch. Okay. Um, you know, different things like that. Yeah. Um, so checking calls, one, hey, how are you doing? The second thing you're trying to do is find something of value that you can give to them. Yes. You know, like, hey, let me call some of your past clients for you, see if that'll help you out, or, you know, make sure you're putting marketing materials in their hands. I think right now in the market that we're in, uh, because of COVID, it's it's hard for people to continue to stay visible. In our business, whether it's mortgage or real estate, your business is highly dependent on being visible. Mm-hmm. And so right now, the 100%. only avenue that you have, not the only, but the primary avenue that you have is social media. And or so, old school telephone, pick I, up the I, phone. I was gonna, I, mean, I was gonna say, uh, ask me how much I spend on marketing. But like true marketing, zero. So in, in it's all about picking up the phone, you know? So you market and we send out flyers and whatever, but it's all free. Um, but I find that a lot of people don't open up email, but mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh, I spent X amount of dollars on this or that or this new tool or this. It's like- Chasing the shiny object. Yeah, it's yeah. like, no, no, no. Yeah, the, the yeah. shiny object doesn't work. I just do the same things and I have been doing it consistently over the last few years to where it became a gold mine. I never thought 2020 would be like this in many different ways, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, financially and business-wise good, you know, health and a, a scare, you know, that, that's something we never yeah. thought we would ever deal with. Yeah. Um, but I, I, my focus has been consistent to where it turned into a great opportunity in 2020. It just, it was perfect timing that all those have finally paid dude, off. I, dude, I love that. I love that message. Basically, consistently doing the same activities over and over and over again. Boom, this kind of production. But it's the, it, those are the activities that when I started in the business 25 years ago, they were the that's, same ones. that's exactly what yeah. we did. We didn't have social media. Right. It was belly to belly, pick up the phone, um, you know, and, and, and exactly what you're doing, you know? Right. And you, you're to your point on on staying in touch. You're on the offense, where a lot of LOs make the mistake they're on defense. And what I mean by that is, they have their top ten agents, and they wait for the agent to call them. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're playing defense. Where you're, you have a system in place where you're intentionally reaching out. Hey, I haven't heard from Joe Smith in two weeks, and he's on my list. And I'm going to touch base and just do a check in. So, so I mean, that's a great strategy. That's a great strategy. So you actually brought up a good point, and I've always said this. We know, at least in our area, and I'm sure it's like this in most of the country, the average real estate agent probably does six to eight deals a year, yeah. right? So that's not even one a month. They forget okay? who we are. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so it's like, if you think about it, even if you had your top 30 referral partners, you know that's really still not that much business. So I've always said your part-time is where you're gonna stay consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your top agents might keep you busy here or there, yeah. but there's gonna be months they're gonna be slower yeah. And then they can't fill in that gap. So how do you fill in that gap? All your part-timers that all of a sudden they come up with this <clears throat> one deal and referred you. Yeah. Perfect. Great. So when you look back over the last year or two, we know your numbers. I would say you've done business with well over 50 different agents. Well over? Well I would over. say hundreds yeah. of agents. Yeah. You, do, you do several, like you just said, with part-time people that might close six deals, maybe one or two buy sides that need financing, and you get that buy side when they yep. need you or need that need the financing mm-hmm. um, and you're you looking at it you close 80 of those in a year yeah 
So go ahead, Justin. And what I was going to say is I think about why people, why do people remember me, you know, that one or two deals. And it, I find that I'm just a very, I, I mean, I'm telling myself here, big head. I, I think I'm a likable guy, right? And I get along yeah. with most personalities and most people. Sure. I think, I, I think about that and I think that there's some way somehow that within my own personality that some people just remember me some way sure. within that. And I don't know. I don't. I have. I got to figure that out more. But sure. well, sure. like pat yourself on the back. You do. You do a great job. I mean, no. you know how to put a. But there's together. an agent that I heard, haven't heard in years. He's retired. He lives on Clearwater Beach. All of a sudden, he just called me the other day and said, "Hey, I, I'm trying to get this million dollar deal to you." And I'm like, "Okay," yeah. <laughs> like, but I haven't talked to him in three years, and and that's yep. my bad. But he still, I'm still his guy. Yeah. So I think one of the the question I want to ask you, Justin, is what. How many agents are you working with regularly that sends you more than five closings a year? Um, I would probably say that there are more than five closings. Mm -hmm. I would probably probably say there's only like 10 agents. Yeah. Yeah, it's not so, that many. So 10 agents it, it, sending It's entirely five changed or, from the day when yeah. I started in the business and, and the mega producers did all the buy tr side transactions Correct. primarily. Yeah. yeah. So when you, when you look at that number he just gave us, the majority of his purchase business comes from an agent who sends him one or two deals a year. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Is, is that fair? Yeah. And I actually, you know, did a little Christmas thing for, you know, some top agents and reached out to them. And I did the, the top 10 or maybe it was top 15. And looking back, they were only four, trans I think it was three or four transactions or more uh, mm -hmm. through the year. And one of my top agents loves me to death, has only sent me eight, um, which is interesting. She sent me about 30 pre-approvals, but only eight turned into actually closed deals for, mm -hmm. you know, 2020. Um, so it's, it's interesting to to see those numbers. And that, I think that's where I say the part-timers and it's a numbers game. And that's why you yep. don't stop. You always call a listing agent on every single deal. You always stay in touch. If you don't know the buyer's agent on every single deal, eventually those people are going to start sending you deals if you do it the right way. Mm -hmm. And then that just adds into your little bucket of all these part-timers and, and the fill in the gap yeah. transactions. So Justin, let, you know, not, not everybody's going to be a top 1% originator in the country like Justin is, right? Um, but talk to us, that LO who's closing five or six million dollars a year, what are some secrets or tips that you would give them that would help them be a 10 to 12 million dollar a year producer? So I do think the company you work for uh, in general, you, you got to look at, are you at the right company? Do they have the right tools? You know, that kind of thing. That's one piece of the bucket. Um, I think another is, are you really focused? Are you really willing to do everything that's needed? A Monday, lot of times Monday, the answer is no. Monday through Saturday, nine to five, you know, working, you know, showing up every day, ready to work, make your calls. Yeah, yeah. And and you made it, you kind of just honed in on something is making our calls every single day. So like I'm talking to some of my newbies and I'm like, you guys can you be doing calls every single day? And, and well, I, you know, then you start hearing, well, the, well, there's, well, there's no excuses on my team. There, <laughs> but you, I, got, there, I have yeah. a problem with yeah. this and I've got to fix this before I'm, I call I'm sorry I did business. 250 transactions and I'm still doing my calls and you're doing how many transactions yes. it's not that right. many yeah. <laughs> you can do it yeah. so I, I think focus you know company really finding a focus maybe even a mentor you know so like having guys like you or, or women you know within their company I think if they had a really good mentor um, also maybe even trying to get if there is a big team within the company they work for so for example me hey, maybe they shadow us for a little bit or you know mm -hmm. something like that to just learn. Um, because 
not everybody taught me everything. It's kind of like self-learning yeah. to a certain degree on some things. So it's like, hey, this is what I found. I think successful. Laura Lynn did a pretty darn good job. I think she did a good job too. <laughs> she's gotta give, she's we've got to give her this a, video. a pat on the back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they called me the golden boy for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think there's a couple of things. Um, you know, I'm a person that I don't get too much into the, oh, let's go to this rah-rah thing or this thing. I, I have done a, a John Maxwell thing and I think that's great. I have done a few others. I think they're great, but I always come back and say, well, they didn't, okay, those are great. They got me pipe, piped up, but they really still didn't give me details of how to build my business, right? Mm -hmm. But then I always go back, that's still the basics. Yeah. Still need to keep doing that, but how do I find a better efficient way to do it? Yeah, I mean, I think if, you know, Justin shared and said a lot of things here in the time that we've been together, but if I could just give like some brief, it is systems and models in place and it's the little things. It's three or four things that you're doing consistently that you have a system in place for, right? And and that's kind of the secret, mm -hmm. you know? And I think you're right. I think that's, a lot of people- that, That's the secret you see in anybody that's successful in our business. They yeah. do those two, three, four things consistently and have been for many, yeah. many years. And you yeah. gotta have a drive. You know, if you, if you don't have the drive, okay, that that's fine, you, you know, it, but if you don't have the drive and the focus and, you know, the intention to do it, and I, and if you find out what your internal drive is, you know, I didn't grow up with much, didn't, didn't have much. I remember being on food stamps at a, a point when my dad wasn't working, you know, some of those things still drive me to where, yeah, I'm successful and yeah, I have these certain things, but I always know where my roots came from. Mm -hmm. And obviously want to make sure that my kids also yeah. know that in the future too. Dude, you definitely a, have a drive. And before we leave today, I mean, you, you did finish your college degree and then tell us a little bit after you got in the mortgage business, you went on to oh. University of Florida, but go you, Gators, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Tell All right, they got a good game there. tomorrow. Yeah, you better be watching. Uh, so so I, I wanted to better, I always said, because when I got out of college was when the financial crisis hit. And I heard most people, yeah. <laughs> I need a backup plan. I, I, yeah, yeah. it's like, I need a backup plan. And <laughs> right. a bachelor's degree wasn't enough. Right. And they're like, either people have more experience or they have a master's degree. Well, I always told myself I want a master's degree. So I focused on business first, you know, for the first 10 years. And then I finally said, I'm in a place where I can go to school. So I got my MBA degree. Um, here's an odd funny thing now you can fly there by the way no, not <laughs> right into that. And I, I, so and how did that all take, yeah. take place so 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 out of my mba class there was 44 45 students i just closed on my seventh deal from that class nice wow. so, so Go there's, al there's always opportunity and i'll make sure i share one little uh the comment at the end but um i also found that i'm interested in flying so how do you do that it's not the cheapest thing but it's like Wow, you know, flying to North Carolina versus driving is like cutting Way time. Way better. Yeah. yeah, it's like whoa. So I went and got my pilot's license, and now I'm working on my instrument rating, um, which allows me to kind of fly in clouds and certain yeah. weather and kind of thing. So That's Justin, awesome. I got I got to ask you a question. You, you do a ton of business <laughs> and closing like, a ton dude, of way, mortgages. By the way, he was making Presidents Club at our company while he was getting his MBA. Yep. Right. So yes. I'm like, he wasn't doing small business and getting an MBA. Dude was running a big business a and getting an MBA. And by the way, I think he's still cutting his own grass. <laughs> At the same time, he might be. <laughs> no, no. I, <laughs> I found a cheap guy. All right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But my, um, you know, he, he's running a big business while getting his MBA. Um, you're talking about all of these things that you're doing now, like you pushed your chips all in. I'm going to, I even told your wife, hey, I'm going all in this year. I don't know how long this is going to last. Do what? What kind of personal life do you have? Like, do you get to rest? Do you get to relax? Like, what's? 
That's a very good question. What's your balance look like, I guess, is what I'm uh, asking. So one thing I don't do is watch TV. It's very seldom that I actually watch Netflix or if I get into a series, it's one little series. It's not a lot of TV unless it's college football or something like that, right? Um, I try to read books when I can. Um, I try to focus on my family a lot. So even though I'm busy, and I guess I do work probably till 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night, but I stop between 6 and like 7.30 to have dinner with my, my wife and my, my daughter and then actually to put her to bed. So I do focus on what's important. Um, family life is important. And then on, on the weekends, I focus on certain time when I'm not working. But then mm-hmm. we also know that, hey, daddy's got to work for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to go do some things. And then I catch up at later in the evening. Yeah. Um, Have you taken time off, like taken some vacations? I know you went to North Carolina for a little while. This been this Mi- weird. Mini this year, vacations. Yeah. It's a little this, weird. This year has been very weird. Uh, but yeah, in, I mean, in the past several years, you know, business has still been great. We've been crushing it. Um, so we go on trips to North Carolina. Um, we've actually um, gone south of the Keys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's different things that we do. Um, so you've been able to find balance between having this big business and living the life that you want to live. Balance is a unique word. I don't think it's not like your 50-50 balance of, hey, I work 40 hours. Yeah, you're right. You That's know? Fair. Um, and I'm trying to, I did hear something recently about this, and I think it's from um, Jeff Bezos from Amazon. He said it, there's a different word that he used, but it wasn't balanced. But you, you, you find, you pick what's important and you find a way to balance it within your life. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's not always going to be a nine to five, and, and I'm okay with that because if I can do certain things and have a good life, then that's what I'm here for. Still but, getting up early and hitting the gym, I'm sure. I, I go to the gym. So here's some habits. If you want to talk about habits, I go to the gym every morning between six and seven. I work out five days a week. I bike about 30 miles over the weekend. Um, I work, you know, 60 to 80 hours a week. I still find time for my family. I still find time to learn things. So my, somebody said, you know, when you get done with your instrument rating, are you just going to be bored? Because it's, you're like, I bought investment properties this year because I found that that was a good opportunity. So, um, it's like, you know, when you feel a slowdown, it's like, I always think, what else can I be doing? Because age comes and finding it comes you know everybody says it comes quicker yes. when you have kids and things go, you know, progress right yeah. so it's like what can i keep doing because i don't want to stop whatever it is it's not necessarily just mortgages but elsewhere in your life what can you be doing yep. um so the quote i wanted to tell you um and i forget what book i read out of it it said dear mr um optimistic and mrs pessimistic i drank all your water sincerely mr opportunist <laughs> so it's, it, it was, I always think of that, that you always have opportunity. Don't think half glass, you know, 50% full, empty or whatever. Just take care of the opportunity and grab a hold of it and take it. Um, yep. And that's what I do. Because it's there. It's, I mean, there. it's no, there. No matter what it is, it's right. there. There's nothing, I mean, uniquely special about, you know, top 1% originators. You guys mm-hmm. just do the three or four things that everybody should be doing to be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. you, you always think through every situation and you always try to take care of them. And customer service is a big thing. Communication is huge, no matter what it is. Your family, your yeah. work, everything, yeah. your friends, you know, it's communication. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, Justin, I appreciate you spending some time with us today. Is there anything that you would have wished we would have asked you or anything else that you want to share with those who might be listening? No, I'd just say find your focus. Um, you know, if, if you do want to do it and then create plans, you know, we didn't really talk about business plans or whatnot, but have a plan in front of you. All the things I've talked about, all the fun activities I've done or things I've accomplished have all been on a plan. And then when you go back and look at it, it's like, oh, yeah, I checked this off, this off, this nice off. Nice job, dude. Yeah. So it's um, having a plan business-wise, your numbers, your units, your team members, um, and finding all the, the right people to help whatever it is you're trying to do. Yeah. 
Awesome. 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 Cool. Well, Justin, thanks for joining us today. For those of you who are watching, if um, you enjoyed what you saw, make sure you like and subscribe to our channel and feel free to share. On behalf of John Jones and Justin Kelly, I'm Brian Lovell. Job, if there's man. anything that you need, we're always here to serve. Yeah.